Hi, Catalyst family. Hope you're well. Um, as some of you have heard, I injured my back recently, a little over a week ago, and so um, thought that some Sasad might be good for me just to give a quick update. Uh, just so you know, I'm alive and well and doing okay. Um, a little over a week ago, I was doing some yard work outside, and um, all of a sudden, I felt some excruciating pain in my in my back, and uh, it was intense for about an hour, couldn't get any relief, and it gradually subsided. Um, I, I couldn't, after that, I couldn't get up, walk, anything. I was pretty much laid up. Um, but gradually, since then, day by day, it's improving little by little. Um, my doctor seems to, seems to think it's, it was just a very intense muscle, muscle spasm, which affected um, the nerves, and uh, yeah, it's just gonna take time to heal up. Um, my cousin, physical therapist, he gave me some exercise, so I've been doing that. So can walk a little bit now, still hard to get around, but can walk a little bit. The pain's um, subsided significantly, still have some, but just want to update you. Thank you so much for your support, the prayers, um, just your encouragement for and those that have stepped up in my absence and miss you so much and hope to see you soon, especially for Christmas. But God bless you. I'm still trusting in the Lord and, um, you know, go in good spirits. The Lord's good. So here's another quick message, an additional message. But God bless you. Have a awesome, awesome holiday season. And Catalyst family, don't forget we have a good, good shepherd. Merry Christmas. Uh, appropriate for us to can we just lift our hands and pray for Pastor Barry Father we are just um, miss him and we want him to be healed your anointing touch to come Jehovah Rafa one who heals Lord go visit him now touch him uh, that we'll have him back next week to celebrate the Christmas Lord we're so grateful so grateful for the family and for the leadership of this church, Lord God. We give you glory and thanks in advance, Lord. In Jesus' name we prayed. Amen. Amen. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you are here today. Would you do that? <laughs> say with conviction, you will be blessed today. Amen. You will be blessed today in Jesus' name. So uh, I get this email from Pastor Barry, <laughs> June 4th. Um, and he writes, on December 11th, we have this uh, supernatural Christmas. Feel free to talk about any topic related to the supernatural and miraculous events surrounding the birth of Jesus. And I thought, wow, and six months in, you know, I thought, okay, you know, I'll come up with something, and I just couldn't come up with anything. And so yesterday, I mean, last Sunday, it was so good that uh, open mic and everybody came and shared. I'm thinking, maybe I should do that. <laughs> it was so good, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, when one testimony after another, it was so fantastic. I'm sitting there, and Jenny, of course, goes, 
honey, I'm going up there. I'm going to talk about, you know, cat allergy. And I said, so she was up in the front. And right before her was just some serious testimony about father passing. And I'm thinking, oh, no, Jenny's going to talk about cat after that. <laughs> but it worked out great, and her testimony was powerful. And so actually, I had a one testimony, too, because I've been meditating on this for six months about what's the most supernatural thing that you've experienced as a followers of Christ. See, many years ago, when uh, we began our mission work in Cambodia, we worked with local church, and it's the largest uh, evangelical church in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. And what they do is uh, they invite a guest speaker from foreign country, usually a businessman, successful entrepreneur, and then invite all the, in a sense, successful professionals, uh, Cambodian people. See, what happened is that when Christians came to Cambodia, it is so easy to just, you know, in a way, mercy ministry. You should always start with mercy ministry, and I'm not knocking that. It's very important. We need to feed the poor, you know, help the widow and, you know, orphans, and we, we all, all engage in some form of mercy ministry. But what about the other side? What about the successful? What about the doctors and lawyers and his kingdoms? What about the royalties? And, and oftentimes they are neglected. And so what happens is that after almost 100 years of Christianity being shared, uh, now the norm is like, oh, Christians are poor, they're the orphans. And so this church said, Pastor O, can you? Uh, invite some of the successful business people from America, from Hong Kong, Singapore. And, and I had this Chinese brother. His name is Stanley Ho. Um, and he's, he's a very well-to-do banker in Hong Kong. And, and I say, Stanley, would you, come, would you mind flying in and do five-minute testimony? We're just using you as a decoy. <laughs> You're not going to share the gospel or anything like that because we have a Cambodian pastor to do that. But we just want you to use your name and invite people so that these people that this church have engaged in but cannot really share the gospel. I mean, these are professionals. And, and so I said, yeah, sure. You know, what, what do you want me to do? Well, come and give five minutes sharing of who you are and pay for the lunch. <laughs> there will be about 200 people. And lunch will run anywhere from 2,000 to 2,500. It's a beautiful buffet. He said, oh, I, I don't mind doing that. So he flew in, and it was great. You know, he does five-minute share about who he is. And, I mean, he, kind of testimony he shared, it's just all these business people sitting in front blows their mind, you know, because he said, oh, I almost didn't make it to this luncheon because my bank had to raise $1 billion in two days. <laughs> and so we prayed, and, you know, by God's grace, we were able to raise $1 billion for my bank. And... And all these business people, Cambodian people sitting there scratching their billion dollars. That's our GDP, you know. <laughs> so it was wonderful. And we had about 180 people. And out of that, about 60, 70 wrote down, I would like to be more, you know, find out more about this Jesus. So this, it happens, banquet happens on Saturday. All the friends who brought them, bring them to church. So about 60, 70 people come to church, and two, two, three years later, the retention rate of them coming to church is 45%. Wow, right? This is fantastic. For a, a 
for businessmen to come and just do five-minute testimony, and then the pastor, Tang Bekong, Cambodian pastor, give 15-minute uh, sharing of the gospel, and just it just works. So we did this several times, and it's one of those events. Stanley came, and of course, he checks into the nicest hotel in Phnom Penh, Intercontinental, and, and I'm, I'm in this little tuk-tuk, this is converted motorcycle <laughs> carriage thing. They won't even let us enter the hotel, like, you know, so, because uh, only the nice car goes in, and so he was staying there, I was visiting him, and so this is beautiful hotel with, so he sat at this end of the table, and I sat here, and there were two bottles of Avian, Avian water, right? And we cheered, said, thank you, Stanley, for coming. Man, you know, I'm making a report to him that this is fantastic. And then out of the blue, he said, but Pastor Oh, you know, um, you know the intercessory team in Hong Kong? You know, just last week, some lady was talking, and I just cannot agree with her. I said, what, what, what was she sharing about? She said, well, I mean, I believe in Jesus, and I've been following Jesus. I love Jesus, but this kind of out-of-the-world supernatural stuff, I, I'm not really comfortable with. I said, well, just tell me, what story did she share? See, well, it was a famous story, actually, at the time. There's this one intercessor, it's like crying out to God, and he happened to lost his favorite uh, knife. You know, he's a, he's a man. He carried this, you know, that guys carry the knife, you know, not necessarily in L.A., you know, but somewhere <laughs> where they hunt and stuff, you know. <laughs> Those guys, they carry their personal knife that he had. It got lost. So he cried out to God, God, that was my favorite knife. You know, can you give it back to me? And while they were praying, it dropped out into their lap. Okay? So they said, so my good friend, Stanley Ho, the banker, the, the reasonable one, <laughs> said, I just don't buy that. I just don't think something like that could actually happen in real life. I said, really? <laughs> hmm. You mean you limit God on what he can do? So your supernatural has a limitation? And I, I beg to differ, you know. That guy experienced it. Good for him. I don't. I will never ask for knife to fly, you know, jump out of the thin air for me. It's just just not my thing. But if that happened, then I honor that. Good for you. Lord bless you, you know. And so I said, Oh no, Pastor, I just because you know we're talking about intercessory team that in Hong Kong that I also minister to, because you know this. Ladies get too excited about this kind of stuff, and that's all they pray about. So can you kind of stop them? I said, no, I'm not stop them. <laughs> Let them do whatever they need to do, and it's just, it's okay, you know. And so we just had a really wonderful discussion, and we cheered with Evian bottle again. And then I went, walk, had to walk down to a hotel because my carriage couldn't come up. <laughs> <laughs> I had to walk down. And then I was going home, and I get a phone call from Stanley. Stanley goes, Pastor Ho, did you take that water bottle? I said, what do you mean, which one? I'm drinking it. Yeah, you mean the Evian bottle? There was a two in sitting in across the room, you and I, yeah, we cheered. Yeah, I, I, I have that bottle. He said, oh my God. <laughs> There's another bottle, <laughs> another Evian bottle where you left. 
right there, right now. So I said, oh, there must have been three bottles. No, sir, there was only two. And right after he said, I don't believe that God could do that. There's a bottle of Evian water right there. Do you limit God? What's your definition of supernatural? Right? See, that's what I was going to share last week. And Jenny just talked about cats, you know. <laughs> I said, oh, man. <laughs> what, what is our supernatural experience? What is the supernatural aspect of Christmas? So I, I got curious. So I said, what does the world say about what is supernatural? What is miraculous? So I got into the Google Scholar search engine. There are two kinds of Google. There's a Google engine and there's a Google Scholar engine. When you go to Google Scholar, and then I actually cut and paste Pastor Barry's quotation and then see what will be thrown out. The books usually is just lots of books. So when I type up the Christmas miracle, you know, supernatural, the quotation he wrote, supernatural Christmas, it gave us, gave me something like 26,000 books on the topic. I said, no, I'm not reading that, you know. <laughs> so I handpicked three of them, one from Bill Johnson. I don't know why his book was there, from another professor and another book about like 600 page on, uh, on something. And, and so I just bought it and then start reading it and it's like oh it's just not it doesn't really that's not what pastor barry wanted me to preach on because <laughs> the one book talks about um the illegitimacy of december 25th being the birth of christ you know and they theological fight over no it shouldn't be december 25th it should be january 7th and on and on oh, i don't really care <laughs> when he was born <laughs> as long as he was born <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like Jenny, I just, when is your birthday? I just, I cannot relate with you because I don't know your birthday, you know? It's like, it's, it's, so that book is, okay, I put it away. Bill Johnson's book was fantastic. It was about miraculous power, and I read through that. It was great. Another book talks about all the supernaturals, and, but it didn't really fit what I wanted to share for my Catalyst family. So I resort back to my, my philosopher name, Soren Kierkegaard. I said, what did Soren say about Christmas? Wow. Wow. Soren writes in his philosophical fragments, it's one of the books, one of the 32 books he left to us. And then he writes, it's a parable, parable of Christmas, retold by Jeremy Berg. And I'm going to read. There once was a king who loved the humble maiden. This king was of uncommon royal lineage. He was a king above kings with power and might to make all others humble before him. The wealth of his holdings was unfathomable. Tribute arrived on daily basis for lesser kings who hoped to gain his favor. And yet, this mighty king was melted by love for a humble maiden who lived in the poorest village of his vast kingdom. He longed to go to this maiden and announce his love for her. But here arose King's dilemma, how to declare his love. Certainly, he could appear before her in his royal robes and surrounded with royal guards, ready to carry her away in a carriage inlaid with gold and precious stones. He could bring her to the 
palace and crown her head with jewels and clothe her in finest silks. She would surely not resist this type of proposal for no one dares to resist the king. But he started to think to himself, but would she love me? She might say she loved me. She might be awed by my royal splendor and tremble at the thought of being blessed with such amazing opportunity. She might tell herself that she would be foolish to reject such marriage proposal. But would she love me? What if she goes through the motion all her life, but living a life of empty duty, nursing a private grief for the life she had left behind? Would she be happy at my sight, loving me for myself and not for my title or riches or power? I don't want a wife who behaves as a subject to my royal decree, cringing at my word and unwilling to do anything but agree with all I said and did. No, I want an equal, a queen whose love knew no restriction or limitation. I want an equal whose voice would speak to me at times without hesitation. Love with her must mean equality with her. I want a relationship with the woman that had a neither barrier nor walls to which I was not a king and she was not my subject of the crown. I want her to love me for myself and not for any other reason. How can I win her love? How can I make sure she will choose me at her will? There is only one thing to do, he concludes. So that night, after all within the castle were asleep, he laid aside his golden crown and removed his rings of state. He took off his royal robes of silk and linen and redressed himself in the common clothes of the poorest of the kingdom. Leaving by the way of servants' entrance, the king left his crown, his castle, his kingdom behind. As the next day's sun rose in the east, the maiden emerged from her humble cottage to find herself face to face with a stranger, a common man with kindly eyes, who requested an opportunity to speak with her and in time to court her for her hand in marriage. Wow. <laughs> when I read that, I felt like, wow. God did that for us. God said, if I show up with my God-like splendor, of course we would have to obey him. Of course we would want to be his disciple. Of course there's so much to gain. But the great miracle of Christmas, the supernatural aspect of Christmas is not that a virgin had a child. No, but the child was God. The Bible says you should have the same attitude toward one another that Christ Jesus had, who though he exists in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped. New Heart English Bible says this way, have this in your mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. The Aramaic Bible said it this way, and reason in your soul that also Yeshua, the Messiah, did. He who, while he was in the form of God, did not esteem this as a prize that he was equal of God. 
But what did he do? He emptied himself. The Bible says he, he made himself no reputation, taking the form of bondservant and coming like the likeness of man and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. He gnosis, emptied himself. He unclothed his deity and stepped into humanity and said, I love you. And I want you to love me back. And I want you to take your cross daily and follow me. See, if God did that with God's splendor, we'll be like robots. We will have no choice. We're not out of will. We will be doing it out of fear. Because, I mean, how do you fight against such authority? Like the maiden who had no choice if king becomes king. And, of course, she will say yes. But then God wondered, would they love me? Would they really love me as who I am? And the mystery, the supernatural aspect of Christmas is that God became a boy, a child. I think it's helpful for us to really understand that and implication of that. If you really think deeply about this, it will be very helpful for you to find out and understand who you are. God so loved the world. The word love in Greek is written in singular form. Because the, the, the Greek could be very clear. Is this God love all of the humankind? It has to be written in plural. For God so loved everyone in the world. No, it's not written that way. It's so God so loved you. If, you. if you're the only person on this earth, Jesus will still have come and died for you. That's the individual love. For God so loved. And for God so loved you that Jesus took on the cross and died on the cross for us. That's why he had to come as a boy. And if, you, if we really understand, and the implication of that is amazing. And yet, can you imagine knowing that fact, knowing that, understanding and believing that, and still have issue with our identity? It's like, oh, I'm just too short. I'm just too Asian. I, I'm just too ugly. I'm just too fat. You know, I'm just too short for my weight. <laughs> and on and on and on, like, really? You mean for you? God came and died for you? And you really have identity issue of your self-worth? You're so precious that Jesus died on the cross for you. Yeah, but I'm not wealthy. You know, I mean, when internet was created and when Facebook hit the world and this, oh, everybody has this FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. How come they seem to have much better vacation than me? How come they seem to be riding better car? And, and, and the whole world goes around and, of course, the capitalistic consumerism kicks in and, okay, now you need to go buy, go buy, go buy, right? And you buy stuff that you don't even want to have with money you don't have to impress people you don't even like. And you ain't going deaf. And because you are now dead and indebted, you know, off the work you go, you have to work. Who told you to do that? Who? 
surely not God. God said, I love you so much. I'll die on the cross for you, even if you're the only person in the world. How do you do self-doubt of your worth when that's who you are? Amen? Your, your, your worth is so much more than you could possibly imagine. Because of you, a city could transform. Because of you, a nation could transform. Because of you, who you are, the world will know who Jesus is. That's your worth. You're like, you're like 100,000 atomic bomb walking around. You know, in the world, the enemy should fear you because you're so powerful. And yet we spend all of our life just defending our faith and worried about the future that never comes. I, I pray that this message will be helpful for you to understand who you are. And, and because of that, there will be genuine healing taking place. You know, because life happens. Pastor Barry didn't sign up to be hurt. You know, I didn't get signed up to get hurt. I, I, I pulled my bag September 18th in Singapore, coming out of a taxi. It's like a crazy story. Like, what, do you, what kind of stress do you have to have to pay because I was leaning forward to pay Singapore dollar to a taxi driver. I go, oh! <laughs> and then I said, Jenny, I think I pulled something. Like, oh, come on, come on out, you know. <laughs> See, Jenny's father was a 10th degree Taekwondo person. And she just don't like men acting sissy, you know. <laughs> Get over it! You know, it's like, but it hurts. Get over it. We had to, I had to cancel my re meetings in Philippines, and I mean, everything got canceled. We have to pay extra ticket from Singapore to Phnom Penh. Ever since September 18th, I, I was, you know, things happen. Don't, don't connect it with, where is God? Okay. Hello? <laughs> it's so silly. You doubt God because you pull your bag? You doubt God because you don't have money in the bank? You, you doubt God because someone you love died? Really? So it's such a conditional. Your faith is so conditional. There's got to be absoluteness to your faith about God. He is. He's there. He loved us so much that someday out of 365, it doesn't have to be December 25th. It's all these theological theologian want to love to argue but okay someday 2,000 years ago Jesus said would my creator creatures love me he took up on himself the kenosis took up the clothing of deity he stepped into our humanity and be as a little boy lived as a little Jewish boy and knew that he would be crucified. You know, as much as there was a rejoicing in heaven when, when Jesus was born, there was sobbing of the angels because knowing that what Christ, their God, has to go through for the humanity. And this God 
knowing who he is and what he means to us, I pray that there will be genuine healing taking place. And you may not live the life that you have designed for yourself. And so there's the grieving and anger and frustration to God and yelling at God, that's the, that's the kind of life I want, you know, and looking at the rich and famous and all that. And, I, and God says, but you will not be happy being that person. I made you. And I love you. I'll die for you each time. I, I pray that the healing will take place. You know, I'm going to actually ask Jenny later, last 10 minutes, to come and pray. You know, wow, 2022, COVID seems to be over, and 2023, gosh, spend some time. December, we only have like, what, 20 days left? I don't know if you do this regularly, but I, I do this monthly retreat that I don't even bring Bible. I just bring blank sheet of paper, go somewhere nice, and just have nice food, and spend all day with God, and say, God, what was this month about? And then just journal. Oh, Lord, this happened, this happened, this happened. Wow. You know, end of the year, in December, I'll be taking a couple days and just traveling and just meeting God and say, God, 2022, it's been fantastic year, Lord, and thank you for this. And write down all your thanksgiving, and, and then ask the Lord, Lord, what does 2023 looks like? And then the vision download or the word, the keywords, the concept, just write it. You know, have this special date with God. Amen? It's so important. You know, when I met Jesus at age 18, I don't know why I just started doing that. So I've been doing that for 44 years. Just spending time with God alone and let God speak to you. And then let healing take place. Because oftentimes it is not who you are, it is who you are in comparison with whom the phantom guy or gal that you're competing with that makes you not happy. Get over that. Just be who you are in God and let healing take place and have hope. Let 2023 be the best year of your life. Amen. Because <laughs> each day, I said, Lord, let this day be the best day of my life in Christ. And it's been that for the last 44 years. I mean, things happen. I suffer pain, sickness, you know, financial difficulties, things. To, no, but that's just things that happen. But what's at core? What is the supernatural aspect of my life as a follower of Jesus Christ? Focus on that. Wow. And I just pray that this, the word of the Lord will speak deeply. This is word of the Lord. Jenny, would you come up? This is word of the Lord. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of bondservants and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, he emptied himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Mm. Let us pray. Can we have an organist or someone to come up and just, just about 10 minutes? We'd like to process 
this word of the Lord and the implication of that. I, I pray that truly that it will be helpful for you to find out who you are, that genuine healing will take place, and then you will be hopeful walking out of this place with much more joy, much more confidence that God did, God humbled himself for his creatures, his creation. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for that message. And Father, the message of your, your undying love. So we commit to you at this time. We come to you as one body. We come to you as your bride. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Because you love each one of us as your bride. What privilege. What wonderful message this is. You unclothe yourself to come. That we may be raised up to the level. Father, the Bible says that we are co-heirs. You have given us all authority. And Lord, not any one of us here and those of our church that are listening and he, um, hearing through the message later. Each one of us, Father, in this season of Christmas, that will understand the depth of your love and the implication of what this Christmas is. Why don't we come to the Lord and pray and make a commitment to the Lord. And as his bride, thank him. And I think that it is good for us at this time that we will not just love with half-heartedness, but completely give our commitment to the Lord. So why don't we, and if you want to kneel before God, and if you want to just as an act of commitment and devotion, whatever it is, this will be the time. Let's just have a couple minutes of our prayer of commitment to the Lord. Let's pray.
as we were praying, um, a vision came to my mind. Nobody eats dry, raw kernel of corn. I don't. But when you put that in a kettle or a microwave, it turns into a popcorn. Such is our faith that transforms us. God created us, but God transforms us to that very thing that is desirable, beautiful, good, faithful, loving, peaceful. And we are all being transformed. But it could not have done been done without Christ. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, to come down, transforming us daily as we walk with you. Father, we pray for more miracles in this church. Father, we pray for transformations in this church, Lord. We pray, Father, that there will be power and authority that, Lord, that we can live our daily life, our natural life supernaturally. That, Father, that people will know, not only with our words, but with our life, that, that there is a light, that there is power, that there is goodness in our life. Father, we pray, Lord, let that be our witness, that we may be the light, the candle, not hidden under the, the bushel, but, Father, that it is, it is for all the world to see. Especially, Father, we pray this time of holiday, we pray for our families. Father, that there will be a witness to our children and our family members, to our parents, Father. That, Father, that this light that shines, Jesus Christ, Father, that it will shine bright. Father, we pray, Lord, that miracles will be commonplace, Lord. Lord, Father, we pray for the transformation of hearts, Lord. Father, those hardened hearts, Lord, will be, Father, broke. Father, that it will be, Father, that it will be on fire, Lord. Father, that no more coldness, no more hardness of heart, Father. We ask, Lord, Father, that your power... Lord, the true miracle of transformation of people's hearts and people's thoughts and people's minds and their lives, Lord. Let it come, Lord. Let it come. Let it come, Lord. This Christmas, we thank you, Lord, that we are able to handle, Father, the message of Christ, Lord, in our lives, Lord, because you have given us belief. And you have turned our doubt, Father, into a belief, faith. Father, we thank you that we can believe. We love you, Father. 
We pray all this in your name. Father, in the place of darkness, we ask for light. In place of uncertainty, shalom that surpasses all understanding to manifest. Let this season of encountering you, ushering you back into our lives, Lord. And focus on you, Jesus. You are the author. You are the reason for this wonderful season, oh God. We give you glory. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God a big hand, shall we? Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It'll be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything. And be blessed this week. And as always, thank you, Jesus.